Thank you for taking some time to join with me once again as we have uh, been involved for quite some time now in uh, what I think is a, a, a dynamic uh, uh, book, uh, the book of Ephesians. Of course, I suppose every book of the Bible, since it's inspired and errant and infallible, uh, could be said to be uh, dynamic. Uh, but uh, Ephesians uh, particularly appeals to me, and uh, it is um, extraordinarily uh, doctrinally uh, dense in that uh, word upon word, phrase upon phrase, verse upon verse, uh, you, you find uh, things of great substance there. And so that's why we've kind of broken, broken the book down into to, to really small pieces. And uh, again, the point is that maybe you can take that small piece, uh, that phrase or that word, uh, that we have commented on and uh, think about it over the course of the day and, and use it as a, a meditation, uh, as a, a way of uh, interacting with the text uh, for the sake of the work of the Spirit in, in your life uh, for, uh, for your own spiritual growth. And so we're still in chapter 1 and I'm going to uh, back up and read beginning in verse 15. I'm going to read through the end of the chapter there which is probably what I will do for the, uh, the rest of our time here in chapter 1, just because it's one of those long, run-on type situations uh, where uh, Paul is expressing uh, a thought and uh, uh, seems to get a little bit carried away uh, with himself uh, there. And so uh, uh, their punctuation wasn't necessarily a priority for the Apostle Paul. So uh, Ephesians 1, verse 15, again, Paul is expressing uh, uh, his thankfulness for what God had done through him among them there in Ephesus and uh, that he is continuing to hear good news uh, about uh, what's going on uh, there and he wants to, to remind them of the great truths of, of the gospel for, for their good. Uh, and uh, much like uh, the Apostle Peter would write, to put the brethren in remembrance of these things. Uh, uh, that seems to be so much the work of the pastor, not that we're constantly introducing you to new truth, but simply reminding you of the truths that uh, the church has known and maybe in many cases you have known since the time of your conversion. So uh, let's look. Uh, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He called you, uh, what are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of His power toward us who believe, according to the working of His great might, that He worked in Christ, when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in heavenly places." far above all authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, uh, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now, our, our, our passage today, the thing we're going to zero in uh, on is uh, there. Uh, In verse 19, Paul speaks or writes of the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us or toward us who believe. The first thing I would say is that 
if we have believed, if we are believing, it is a result that God directed his power uh, to you, uh, demonstrated it upon you. Uh, that is, that he raised you uh, from spiritual death to spiritual life. We'll come back to that uh, in chapter 2. Uh, but uh, that uh, Paul wants us to understand that God, uh, the one who is omnipotent, uh, who has all authority and all power, has exercised his power uh, on your behalf. And that power has affected you in such a way uh, that you have been uh, regenerated. The power has been applied to you in such a way that you have been born again or regenerated so that you will believe. That is, that regeneration, that exercise of power on your behalf, exercised upon you, uh, is the very cause uh, that you would believe, that you would rest, that you would trust in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. Now, uh, James can say even the demons believe. That is, the unbeliever, the unregenerate, can accept that the Bible tells a factual story, that it's historically reliable, things like that, that, that they're good moral stories, all kinds of things uh, like that. But apart from the work of God in your life, apart from the uh, demonstration, the exercise of His power, the application of His power on your behalf, uh, you will not rest with, with no reservation on the finished work of Christ on the cross of Calvary, and you will not yield yourself to his authority. Uh, that is something uh, that God must overcome both your inability and your unwillingness. And so uh, he does that by apply, applying uh, the very power uh, that raised Jesus from the dead. And so I pray that uh, you would think about that. Uh, that, uh, uh, that the reason that you believe, the reason that you're saved, is that God uh, has displayed not only his incredible mercy, but his unlimited, uh, omnipotent power uh, on uh, your behalf for your salvation. And that power that regenerated you will one day raise you from the dead. And so, uh, in a sense, regeneration is the down payment upon that promise. Uh, to raise us one day. So pray that this has been a blessing to you and we'll look forward to seeing you once again tomorrow.